What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Clutch Pod. I'm your host, AB. Don't forget to follow us on the Twitter at Clutch underscore pod. And all, as always, thanks for your continued support. This is episode five. With me, I have... T.Y. And we're going to go through the Premier League weekend's results. Starting off the big Manchester derby. <laughs> we saw City just show their levels above United. I mean, 3-1 victory. Aguero scoring, David Silva, and also um, Ilkay Gundogan. Obviously, United getting a goal back with Martial, but that victory by Man City just showed how much of a class they are above Manchester United. And obviously, that pays me to say being a United fan, but they literally just wiped the floor with us. I mean, that third goal by Gundogan, they, what was that, 44 passes? Like It just looked like a training ground drill. And United they didn't know whether they wanted to press back off like i just saw some half-hearted pressing what do you think about that though ty i think you were you never gonna win there but you could have like you know when a team does a performance and they come out and they think yeah that was a good performance that just wasn't a good performance not true so like well to be fair see i just levels above the prem at the moment like i'm telling you once they go six points clear that's it prem's <laughs> done prem's done no one's catching them because who's actually going to beat them? You, I've, Your goal was a penalty, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't score from open play. That's poor. Nah, listen, our <laughs> goal's a goal, innit? Like, I can't lie. We we had our chances to save, but nothing really clear cut. But at the end of the day, they just showed, like, they just showed that their level's above us, man. Yeah, they toyed with us at time. Toward the end Sterling of the game, yeah? See what he was doing? These men were playing one two in the corner. The crowd was screaming, "Ole, ole, fam!" <laughs> this is Manchester United, isn't it? You know, they just took us for some scrubs, man. I mean, even the lead up to that third goal, I was watching them just pass the ball around, thinking, "Is anyone gonna press? Like, is anyone actually gonna?" Sanchez press? just looked at Sterling, just looked at him like, "Are you, are you done?" Half-hearted pressing. I mean, when I saw the lineup, yeah, City's midfield, I saw. David Silva, Bernardo Silva, and Fernandinho. I was like, all right, cool. Them three, no, the latter, so David Silva and Bernardo Silva, they're more like attacking players, isn't it? They're not known for their defensive capabilities. So I was like, all right, cool. We can use this to our advantage, whereby we can expose them, like, for their lack of defence. But when I looked at our team, our midfield was Matic, Fellaini, and fucking Herrera. I was thinking, like, where's the creativity in that? It's just three static defense, guys. Defence, defence, and defence. Obviously, we were missing Pogba, but I feel like Fred could have been in the team. He f- he could have been that missing piece into because we need someone to play them balls in behind and make them little like passes and things like that. Which clearly Fellaini and Matic that's not their job. I feel like Matic Matic was poor. Like he's when you watch him play, you just think like big man just pass the ball, man. Like. Okay, fair enough, he's an anchor man, isn't it? He's, he's not meant to be doing flip-flaps and all sorts. But, bro, like, could you pass the ball with a bit more urgency, please? Like, we're 2-0 down. Can you, like, just show more urgency? Like, man, just playing at the back sort of thing. And, obviously, in the game, it showed, man. It showed, like, David Silva and Bernardo Silva, they put up a fight. Like, they showed that, even though they're not known for their defensive capabilities, they, were still, they still had us unlocked, man. And there was nothing we could do about it. Obviously, Rashford started up top. Lingard on the right. Um, Marshall on the left. Didn't, they didn't have a chance, man. 
I remember Nephew was saying something like, this game was perfect for Lukaku because, like, one man up top, you need that one strong guy to hold up the play. This isn't that, but I don't know. I don't feel like Lukaku, he would have just been missing in that game if he played. Yeah, I can't lie. I don't think that was a game for Lukaku yeah. at all, fam. Because really, truly, at, at this point in time, by going off his current form, he doesn't offer much up front at all. Like, even when he does hold up the ball, his next touch gives away the ball. <laughs> so, there's there's no point of having him there. I, th- I thought you lot were going to play Sanchez up front. I think that's what you should have done. But, you know, Mourinho's the manager. Lindelof, Smalling, Young, Valencia, Fellaini, Matic. Like, they're all not, they're all not levels. I was watching the game with Nephew and we was looking at it and I was like, I don't think Ashley Young could start in a top eight team. Because when I look at fullbacks, I'm thinking, you're not better than Kyle Walker. You're not better than Aspil Equator. You're, I don't even know if you're better than Daryl Yanma. Because the way Watford are playing, they have a system and it works. So I don't really know if you're going to make it into the top eight team. But here you are, United, captaining them. Like, it's, that's, it's just not it. And I, was, and I was in good spirits after the win in Turin against Juventus. That is what you call a real snatch and grab win. I don't we didn't deserve it on the night, but that just goes to show you can't you can't sleep in big matches, especially in in Europe. You can't do that. And they will punish Juventus for that. And obviously I watched Ronaldo's post-game interviews that oh, they didn't deserve it. He just seemed salty and like he just had to firm the L, man. But yeah, I was in high spirits. I was thinking, okay, we can come to the Etihad, maybe upset the odds a bit. And for a brief moment of time, like we had our chances. We had our chances whereby we could have maybe snatched the late goal and things like that. But when they brought on Gundogan and took off Aguero, that was the game changer because that, that's basically Pep saying, all right, let's keep the ball. And they were comfortable. They were very comfortable. Lukaku came off the bench and he earned a penalty. All right, fair enough. He done his thing in it. But... Still, it just it just wasn't good enough. But, but after, based on the performances in your Juventus game yeah. and this game, it's still Mourinho, still Mourinho out there this season. I told you this, man. He needs to go. But obviously, at the end of the United game, there was a in, there was a debate between like Graham Souness and Gary Neville in it. And for the one time, Graham Souness actually spoke so much sense. Like th- this is what it's come <laughs> to you. Like obviously, Gary Neville, he, he's a Manchester United fan. Obviously, he's had so much success in the team, but he can't. He can't distinguish the fact that we're actually shit now, innit? Like, yeah, it yeah. pains him, innit? And obviously, I heard that because it pains me as well. <laughs> but Sinus was like, when you look at Sanchez at Arsenal, he, there's no, he's not even half the player he is now that he's at United. Yeah? That's, That's the same for, um, who else did we grab? That's the same for Lukaku at Everton. Fair enough, he didn't score against the big six teams, yeah? But he banged in goals, like, he'll buck Bournemouth and he'll he do will, his thing. deal with them. Literally. And then he was like, so, under Mourinho, these guys aren't flourishing. And obviously, Gary Neville, he was just like, um, ah, oh, it's not Mourinho, this, this, that, the players. But nah, um, at like, one point, you have to look at the manager at some point. Yeah, man. but it's, it's more than Mourinho, though, because even back in the day, even back in the day, a couple years ago, we bought Di Maria from. We had Angel Di Maria, yeah? yeah but look at your manager 60 mil under Van Gaal. That's what I'm saying. It's the manager. Yeah. It's, the, it's the coaching. He came in, yeah. He was banging goals. I remember he scored some mad chip against Leicester. Fam. We even lost that game five three. <laughs> but still, like, then as time moved on, as he like got familiar with the tactics, look where he was playing. He had to leave. Like these players that we're bringing in, they're not being. I don't feel like they're being coached properly, man. Nah, your team is. I don't know. It's like a combination of washed players versus poorly coached players. 
because you have lots of youngsters who are n- not playing to their full potential versus mm. lots of old guys who look like they're past their prime. So I don't know what's all going for United, man. I think you lot just need to beg Ferguson to come back for one <laughs> season, just for one season. Uh, that after that defeat, twelve points off the top, it's not looking pretty at all, man. But Man City, they just go marching forward, man. I mean, before the game, they had scored like twenty-four goals in six games. So now that's twenty-seven goals in seven games, free-flowing football. They're all they got their tails up. But yeah, moving on. Obviously, Arsenal drew one all to Wolves. At Should've home, Wolves took the lead. Cavalero, Mkhitaryan came and equalised. What? What do you think, T.Y.? We really, really should have lost that game. You think we so? We got extremely lucky. <laughs> like, the luck was unreal. Thing, the last, like, in the last five minutes, them, they hit the crossbar. And literally hit the crossbar, then bounced in front of the line Mm-mm. and went out. Mm-mm. Like, because <laughs> um, they slapped Traore up front and the counter was so peak. He burnt holding yeah, he's a beast he burnt him but i can't lie his finishing is so poor like he he really created an opportunity to, to win the game like twice and he missed both times as for arsenal the first half was so sluggish it would literally look like arsene wenger's team mm-hmm. but the one thing i can say is i think arsene wenger's team would have lost that match we found a way to get a point i feel like if we were still under arsene wenger that would have been three points lost Mm. but um, other than that Mkhitaryan's goal was very lucky as well because um, he literally was crossing the ball and it just went in <laughs> Aubameyang Mr. Sita like you know that this guy is meant to be like our top he, we need him to be a top scorer for us squared the ball to him in front of goal hit the post that I do not understand but <laughs> you know now nah, Wolves played really well like their record against top teams is ridiculous. Yeah, like they drew to Man City, drew at Old Trafford, another draw at Emirates. Like that's decent for a team like Wolves. That's man. great. That is actually great. Like they're playing good football. Obviously, that three-five-two is working for them. That three-four-three, sorry, they play. And yeah, I feel like they could finish top ten still. They might even break whole City's record because obviously. Um, the highest finish for a newly promoted team in the Premier League was eighth. And that's what Hull done a couple of years ago. I don't ago. think they're breaking that. You don't think so? Nah. You don't think they could break into the top eight? Nah, nah, nah. Hey, it'll be interesting to see though. I feel like, firstly, I think they could, man. Maybe, you never know. Maybe one, two, attack. If they buy a one, two striker in January, hey, listen. They don't score enough goals to make top eight. That's what I'm saying. If they grab a little someone in January, a little Still. bargain... Like you know what? I feel like if they got like someone nah, if they got like you. a default fam to oh, just yeah, bang true. goals for them, that would be hard. But yeah, I don't see them breaking it. I think they'll finish a solid mid-table position, like tenth mm. exactly, maybe. That's still decent for them. Uh, also, we saw Liverpool beat Fulham two 0 Fulham is looking so grim for them, man. Fulham I mean, first twelve games, five points, another two 0 defeat, leaky at the back, no goal scored. In all honesty, I feel like, you know, when you're just losing, things things just don't go your way. Because that first Mo Salah goal, it was just, it was just so dread, man. Because Mitrovic scored like 13 seconds before, and then it was allegedly offside. But when they showed the replay, he was clearly onside. And then, obviously, lack of lack of concentration, and then quick free kick, and then Mo Salah's through one-on-one, and he slots it in. And they, they go a goal down. So but dread. they had their chances, though. Sassoon at 0-0, yeah, they had a huge chance to score, man. 
And then a lot of people have been giving him stick recently as well, saying in the championship he was doing this, now he's falling off. Fam, like, he's, he's, still 18, he's still 18, bro. Like, he's still a young G, man. He's, obviously, he's finding it hard to acclimatise to Premier League life, but he'll get going, man. He's that still guy young, probably ain't even done his A-levels yet, man. Um, no, what man. A-levels? He's going back to school, fam. <laughs> but nah, man, it was, it was disappointing. What do you think, though, with Fulham? You think time's up for Jakanovic? Nah, I, I still have faith in him. But I feel like, you know what? I feel like they need to send back some niggas that are on loan. Who they got on loan? They got Vieto, Chambers, Fosu Mensah, and obviously Sherlock on the two-year Every loan. time I've seen Fosu Mensah play, he's done something wrong. Like, something stupid. <laughs> so I think he should be sent back for starters. I'll take him over Lindelof. Chambers. <laughs> I'll take him open arms, fam. Where's the raise, fam? Lindelof was like 35 mil. No, I don't care how much mil he is. That does not justify him to be a good player. <laughs> anyway, uh, Chambers, if Chambers should, if he's starting, he should play right back, but not centre back. He's not a centre back at all. Um, Vieto, I guess he can stay. He's a baller still, but you know they got they just bought way too many players. Like getting that chemistry up is quite difficult. Yeah. Like, imagine just slapping a whole bunch of niggas who've never met each other into a team. Like, mm. hey, yo, yo, right, this is my man, this is my man, this is my <laughs> man. <laughs> Their introduction. Exactly, it? fam. So it's it's obviously going to be techie for him, but I feel like, given his record in the past, the way he turns things around in the second half of the season, I feel like he should be given a chance. Man, that's the championship, though. Like, this is the Premier League. Like, I they, know, I know, There's not a lot of time for, to give man till January to turn it around. Like, they need results now, man. Nah, hear what I'm saying, yeah? Give him till February. Whew! That's, that's a long way, you know? Like, to, to the start of February, the end of Jan. That's a long time, because obviously... If they're nowhere near at getting our relegations on, then maybe they should consider sacking him. But... I feel that they should give him that bit of time. I think he's earned it over the last three years. We so, saw um, Chelsea draw no no of Everton. I remember watching that game. It was just one of those matches where both teams had their chances in it. But I don't think no team deserved to win that game. Given that it was a no no, obviously towards the end of the game, Chelsea tried to nick that late goal to secure the three points, but it just wasn't working. Morata missed a couple of chances. Being Morata, that's not surprising. That's what he does. <laughs> but um, it's, it's not. The worst is up for Chelsea. I mean, they're still unbeaten. Two points off the top. No, they're not two points off. They're four points off the top. It is where it is, man. They'll move on after the international break. You know what? You see the chance Everton got at the end with Calvert-Lewin? Yeah. If that was a top striker, they would have lost that match. But yeah. just because of Calvert-Lewin, literally. Calvert-Lewin rubbish, man. He's not levels. But if that was someone else, they would have conceded. He's not levels. I don't know why they don't play... Adam on a look, man, instead of Calvert-Lewin, man. It's true, you know. They just play him on the wing. They, it's, well, to be fair, usually they play Richarlison and he's been doing his thing up front, but... True. Man got injured. Then, obviously, other weekend results. Spurs beat Palace at Selhurst Park. You know, little snatching grab wins, man. I think Palace has lost to Spurs, like, 1-0 for the last five matches. Sure. There was a mad statistic like that. You know what? That's giant. It's like a man just giving you like a jab every now and again. Like, <laughs> exactly. you just getting jabbed, jab, jab, jab. He's like, what, man? <laughs> just hella one nils. <laughs> but yeah, um, Leicester drew nil nil at Burnley. That was like their first home game, innit? Since their owner died. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cardiff 1 2 1. That's a big win for them still. They're slowly getting back up there. I still feel like they'll get relegated though, because. Yeah, I think they'll get relegated. When you look at their team, like, like, there's levels to this, man, in the Premier, especially in the Premier League, like, 
Their team is just not level. Like, it's just a championship team all over. Literally, they don't have... They lack quality in so many positions. They're, yeah, they're definitely going to get relegated. If, if they manage to stay up, then I, I think they need to give like, a nil one like a ban on door side because <laughs> I don't even think Pep could make that team stay up. That team is trash. So bad. But no, that was a good win for them. Bournemouth lost. Bournemouth lost to Newcastle 2 1 it. That's a good win for Newcastle as well. Yeah, they've slowly been catching them Ws now and again, man. Ever since they tried to beat us at Old Trafford, <laughs> never forget that day, bro. So annoying. Nah, Benitez, like, you have to rate what he's done with Newcastle. He's been given such limited resources, but he's made it work. So, if what the day he leaves Newcastle, they're going back down, man. <laughs> they're actually just going back you down. You don't think they have enough quality? Nah. I don't think they have enough quality. The Shelby's, nah. the Kennedy's, I don't the think Rondons, they have enough quality. Quite the, ju- the Lascelles. Lascelles is a quality player. <laughs> I like I like Lascelles. Nah, don't be in a relegation scrap. Don't get me wrong. Nah, man. I think they'll go down. If he if Benitez leaves, I think they'll go down. It's not that they're good. I just think there's three teams right now in the league worse than them. That's literally on, the then. only thing. Which three? Cardiff, uh-huh. at the moment Fulham, mm-hmm. Southampton. And Huddersfield. I don't know about Huddersfield, and I don't know Southampton. I feel like they would just survive in this, in that kind of scenario. Nah, Southampton, they're poor, man. They're they are very poor, though. They're very poor. It's because of Liverpool. I blame Liverpool for all of Southampton's <laughs> woes, fam. Just using them like one academy. Literally, who did they get? Lalana, Ricky Lambert, Van Dyke. Technically, Chamberlain. Chamberlain. <laughs> you just bust the corner at oh, Arsenal yeah, first. Literally, that's mad slow. International break right now. I hate those. So, yeah, so general. But I feel like certain teams will need that to, like, recoup and go over some tactics, man. especially Fulham. Yeah, I feel like that would help Fulham, yeah, to be honest. Because how many of them are really going to get called up to the national team? Uh, Probably none. Couple of them. I think, like, Kearney. Maybe just Mitro. Teams who oh, yeah, yeah. for the under-21s. It's needed for certain teams anyway. For other teams, it will just slow their momentum. But we'll just have to wait and see. So we'll be back after the international break. This is Clutch Pod moving on to the NBA segment. Don't forget to follow us on the Twitter at Clutch underscore pod. And as always, love for the support. Moving on to the NBA segment of our show. I'm going to be going through... Some early NBA MVP candidates and the latest news. Also, the situation with Carmelo Anthony. So, starting off, big trade news coming in the other day. Jimmy Butler has finally left Minnesota. He's been traded to the Philadelphia 76ers Philly for Dario Saric, Robert Coverton, Jared Bayless, and a 2022 first, second round pick, I believe. As a 76er fan, when I first heard the news, I was... I was a bit upset, I can't lie, because I was thinking of the pieces that were given up in Dario Saric and Robert Covington. In them two players, you have shooters, and as of the moment, um, the Sixers, we don't really have shooters. Obviously, Markel Fultz, he has to drive to the rim. Ben Simmons, we all know he can't shoot. Our only real shooter, Embiid's good from free, but he's our post presence. Our only shooter would be JJ Reddick. So I'm thinking Dario Saric, even the last couple games against the Pacers, he he started off slow, but against the Pacers, he dropped like a couple threes. He's showing his confidence. And Robert Covert and he's 
probably one of the best 3 and D defenders that we have had in a long time. Last year, he was ranked fifth in defensive win shares. For us to lose that, I feel like that's a big piece to lose to get Jimmy Butler. But at the end of the day, it's business. Well, that's the way the GM saw it anyway. What do I know? <laughs> but yeah, and also another thing that worried me was squad depth. Because our roster at the moment is already thin. I mean, Lanji Shamat's come on. He's shown promise. He's shown promise, but we don't have squad depth. And obviously, in order to win the East, we're going to need that depth. Because we're coming up against a fully loaded Boston Celtics team. Also, Milwaukee, they're looking they're looking rejuvenated under Bordenhoser. And the Toronto Raptors led by the claw. That's the down parts of the deal. But coming to the pros, obviously I was watching two two videos. I saw Stephen A. Smith's reaction to it. <laughs> he looked ecstatic as always. But he was saying, obviously in Jimmy Butler, two-way star, multiple all-star. We already showed that he he does whatever it takes to win, even though if it comes at the expense of ruining his teammates' self-esteem. We've seen what he's done to Carl Anthony Towns, but let's not forget he's no scrub like Jimmy Butler. He is a two-way star. And paired with Embiid and Simmons, I thought the Sixers defensive first unit is gonna be solid. Because we already know the defense that Joel Embiid plays, that like we've seen him. Ben Simmons as a 6-10 point guard, we've seen what he can do. So add Jimmy Butler to that, and yeah, the defense is gonna be on lockdown. I'm just worried about, obviously, we've got some feeble characters in the locker room at the moment. Markel Fultz, I don't know what's going on with him. I saw him against the Magic, especially those three. He just looks like, he doesn't look the same as when he was in Washington. I don't know what's going on with him. He started, he started in this couple games. I think Brett Brown trying to get his confidence back, but he, he just doesn't look promising at all. I thought that, him starting was Brett Brown trying to boost his trade value in it to get him gone. But clearly he's still in the team. So there's something that Brett Brown sees in him that we're clearly not seeing at the moment. So yeah, the only problem is whether Jimmy Butler will be sympathetic towards him or just grill him like he does a cat. But personally, I don't think Embiid will let that happen, man. And trust me, Embiid's not that guy. Like, you can't you can't push him over. He's no Wiggins or Cat. But the 76 is it's going to be interesting. Right now, the East is looking very, very promising. Some will even go to say right now the East is better than the West. Because obviously, you've got Kawhi in Toronto, Kyle Lowry. We've seen how well they've been playing. You've got... The um, Bucks, they're looking promising. Brogdon, Bledsoe, Yanis, even Brooke Lopez draining threes now and again. They're looking solid. And you've got the Boston Celtics, who are the favourites to win the East, in a way. Carrie, the Hayward, the Tatums, the Browns, the Smarts and Roses coming off the bench. So the East is very, very interesting to look at. Whether or not I feel that that Jamie Butler trade will take the Sixers over the edge and win the East. As for now, I don't think so. Because like I said before, squad depth is very thin. Our bench at the moment is looking like TJ McConnell, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala. When he comes back, I don't know if those will be enough to take them over the edge against teams like the Celtic. Literally, the only way I see it is the starting five, they just have to like blow out teams within the first two quarters. But it'll be interesting to see. Moving on, 
We're going to look at early MVP candidates. Obviously, Steph Curry's injured for now. So, I feel like at the moment, leading MVP candidates will be Yanis Antetokounmpo because but um, Milwaukee's got on, got, they've got off to a top start. They're 10-3 at the moment, second in the East. So, Giannis, Giannis is a big re- reason as to why they're second in the East. Also, we're looking at Anthony Davis is up there in MVP conversation, averaging 25 and 12, 4.8 assists. Joel Embiid, 27 and 12 from 4 assists. He's up there. Two blocks as well. And... Of course, you can't forget the King LeBron James. He'll be up there, even though the Lakers are off to a rocky start of the season. But the acquisition of Tyson Chandler looks promising. Obviously, they now they've got backup for JaVel McGee. And yeah, so far, those are the leading MVP candidates for me. Some may add, obviously, the KDs of the world, the James Hardens, Russell Westbrook's injured. But those are the guys that usually flirt with the MVP conversation during the season. Moving on to the roundup. So in the East, the top four teams are Toronto, Milwaukee, the 76ers and the Pacers. The Pacers off to a good start, obviously led by Victor Oladipo. Watched him against Philly. He dropped like 36. Still wasn't enough as Philly grabbed their first road win of the season. Obviously, especially with the trade now, it's going to be, it's going to take a couple of games might, might even in a couple of weeks, actually, for Jimmy Butler to be fully integrated into the team. So we'll have to judge them probably after, like, Thanksgiving or something like that. In the West, Golden State, they got Portland and Denver. Denver have got off to a really strong start to the season, 9-4. I'm even hearing conversation about them being in the Western Conference Finals. I highly doubt that. But give props to them, obviously, led by the Joker, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. They've got a good bench as well when Willie Barton comes back from injury. Obviously, they've got Isaiah Thomas. If he can show any glimpse of that MVP contention season at Boston, then the Nuggets will be a real force to be reckoned with. As for now, top four will be a very, very good achievement for them. Me personally, I don't think they'll make top four in the West, but we'll wait and see. Houston right now, they're off to a poor start. As are the Pelicans, who are literally just 500. Okay, see, they've won their last seven games. So, they started off 0-5. Now, they're 7-5 without Russell Westbrook. So, Paul George has been mainly carrying the load. The other game, yeah, the other game against the Rockets, I saw him drop, like, 20-11. So, yeah, he's been their focal point. Obviously, Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench. He's a nice guy, nice little player. I backed him for sixth man of the year in episode one. So, yeah, they're going strong. With Houston, I remember watching a report come out the other day about how Melo's been told his time's coming to an end. I just feel sorry for him, man, because it feels like he just can't do anything right. Like, he was at OKC last year. He wasn't showing glimpses of the all-star he used to be. Traded to Atlanta, they moved him on, didn't even play a game there. Now he's at Houston, and I feel like they're making them the scapegoat, though, because they have not got off to a good start in the season. I mean, right now they're 5-7. and seven. Obviously, James Harden's been injured, and Chris Paul was suspended a couple games, so they haven't really got off to their full rhythm. But they're making Melo a scapegoat. It's not fair. I mean, even Dwayne Wade has to come out. He publicly tweeted his support for him. 
I do feel like he's done. Not done, but he's done being a starter in this league anyway. Like Nephew said last week, I don't think he'll be a starter for any team in the playoffs at all. He's a nice option coming off the bench. He just needs to get his confidence back and we'll see what will happen with him. Another team in crisis, it's been slept on because everyone's talking about like the Warriors, obviously this Jimmy Butler trade, Nuggets. The Washington Wizards are in a real pickle, you know, at the moment. Right now, they, they're 3-9 and, and for a team with an all-star backcourt of Bradley Bill and John Wall, that clearly shouldn't have been happening. I mean, this is not the first time they've had rifts. I mean, in the locker room with Marcin Gortat, obviously players were all against John Wall. This guy even bought them all rollies and they didn't like him. <laughs> like, it's just a shame. And I remember I was reading an article the other day which showed John Wall's contract. Like, he's getting paid a huge load of money. And it's one of them ones. He signed a contract and it's not even, it hasn't even started yet. But next year, he's going to make 38.2 mil. And then in 2020, he's going to make 41.2 mil. And then in the final year of his contract, it's 47.3 mil. And he has a player option. So there's really, there's no way he's getting traded. And there's no way anyone's going to acquire that much salary for a player like John Hall. And recently, he hasn't been playing like the John Hall we know him of three, four years ago, the multiple all-star who, who's known as just being so dynamic. So for the Wizards to get back to where they are, they're going to have to rebuild. And that will involve trading someone like Bradley Bill or maybe an Otto Porter Jr. or someone like that. Because right now, they're just not cutting it at the moment. But for John Wall, he really has no intention to play his heart out because he knows he's getting paid either way. So that's just unfortunate for the Wizards. So it will be interesting to see. But that's it for the NBA segment. We'll be back after the football international break. Same time, same place. This is Clutch Pod, your host, AB. Don't forget to follow us on the Twitter at Clutch underscore pod.